0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Osmo.com
1: NHL DFS strategy show. We've got another four-gamer to talk about briefly, chat about last night. Um, And then we will go through game by game, per usual, and uh, give our favorite hot takes, talk about minutes, who you should avoid, who you should not avoid, and uh, what we're doing with our lineups along the way. Joined by Slim Cliff, You guys are used to it by now. Uh, what's up, man?
2: Uh not a whole lot. Just, uh, that was quite the game last night. I actually, I fell asleep after the second period. Um, apparently I missed some goings on in the third. Um, but Vancouver, at least from the minutes that I watched, looked pretty decent. It was actually, it was just a good game of, uh, or a good day of hockey yesterday. It was just well, most of the games were exciting. And then I look ahead to today's slate and the last game on the slate is Dallas Calgary, so um, I guess we can't be
1: blessed every single day. Pretty sick late night hammer, maybe the most boring series of the uh, of the eight that are going on right now, and probably the including the first round matchups or the uh, qualifying round matchups as well. So pretty dull, but you never know. I thought the I thought the Blues game was going to be dull and be like two one, and uh, turned out Vancouver scored a handful of goals against them. So. <laughs> Anything can happen. Even even the lowly Dallas Stars, the worst team for NHL DFS, even they can pop off for five goals if things go their yeah, way. Yeah, I
2: mean, we we smack-talked them one game in the round, Robin, or at least I did, and then I think they went out and put up a 2 nothing lead. And against they ended Vegas, up, yeah. Yeah, and they ended up scoring three goals against Vegas. I mean, I think three goals is about as much as
1: you can expect from Dallas, but that they even got there is a good sign, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a great night for me. Lineup study is a little bit funky. DK had a, a bug um, where you couldn't see the, the contest. I was trying to look and see who actually ended up winning or who was performing well. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just skip that for today. And uh, I guess we can just go in and, and talk about these four games. Looks like it's going to be a pretty good one. Hopefully, no more uh, five OT games. If we could keep it to two or three so we can make sure we do have a four-game slate this time, that would be preferable here for Columbus and Tampa. 2.3 apply total for the Blue Jackets, 2.9 for the Lightning. Jonas Korpisalo or Andre Vasilevsky, uh, those are your goalies. Um, I did notice Columbus, and it looks like we've got the lines updated here, Columbus did go with Dubois, Foodie, and Bjorkstrand as their top line for a lot of the game. That's not how they started, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think it was Atkinson up there. Bjorkstrand was with uh, Wenberg and Tessier. Yeah. So I think it's just it was just Atkinson and Bjorkstrand sw- uh, swapped. Uh, another thing, looking through on Natural Stat Trick was uh, Tampa One was awesome. Uh, they generated so many shots, so many quality chances. They should have scored a ton of goals, um, but they didn't. Corpusalo played amazing. So. With that being said, with the 5 OT t game, uh, playing less than 48 hours later, how are you approaching this one for DFS?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the minutes were cut back. Like, I mean, Jones at 65 and Wierenski at 61 and then Headman at 57 just, you know, 40 hours ago or whatever. Like, those are crazy minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if they're cut back, but that's just a guess. So I'm going to operate that they're just – or I'm just assuming they're going to operate – with their normal time on ice, you know, allocation. Because I don't have anything else to go on other than guessing, and I don't like doing that. Um, you mentioned the the line changes, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of sucks for Columbus stacking, because um, their power play units are all over the place yeah. now. Um, I believe it's one guy on line one, one guy on line two, and two guys on line three on the power play. Um, I guess you could power play stack, but if you're power play stacking Columbus against Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm not sure how much, how often that gets through. So, Columbus, I'm not super high on on stacking today. Like Torrance is just such, an... it's just so annoying how often he changes his lineups, right? It's, it could happen two or three times a game. He might leave the same lines for four games straight, and then it just blows everything up in the first period. Um, there's no telling what he's going to do. So, um, I do have a lot of one-offs from this game. Bjorkstrand um, is definitely one of my favorite uh, one-offs on the slate. I think he's one of the guys that. I was worried about when it start when their playing started. he looked pretty bad in the first couple of games against the Leafs, but I think he's, he's playing better as, as the playoffs are, are going on. And I think that's why you're seeing him on the top line, obviously. Um, so I do like Bjorkstrand. Um, Gavrikov is down to 3,100. David Savara's price also came down. Um, so if you're looking for cheaper defensemen, um, on Columbus, you know, Gavrikov is way down into punt range. And he's firmly on the on that second pair. So I don't mind Gabrikov either. Um I do have um I do believe I have a couple Jenner Felino mini stacks. Um the reason being is they're going up against the second line for Tampa Bay. Like I we I expect the matchups are gonna be one, two, three, lines one, lines two, lines three, all the way down, at least until Columbus changes their lines. So I'm expecting Sorelli, Johnson, and Colorn will go up against the general line from Columbus. And I think, you know, that line for, for Tampa Bay just hasn't looked good. And Sorelli uh, is a really good player, but I, I think Tyler Johnson's in a little bit over his head. I think he belongs further down the lineup. Um, Alex Colorn is a fine player, but I don't think he's enough, um, you know, to kind of help carry the offensive load here. So. Um, I do have some jenner Felino duos. Um, I think that's a matchup they can take advantage of, but I think it's only one lineup out of 20 so far. Like, I don't have a lot of them. So for me, it's, it's one-off, Bjorkstrand, um, Gavrikov. I don't mind if you need a cheap punt defenseman. Um, the Tampa side, I do have a fair bit. Uh, not a fair bit, I should say. I have three out of 20 on Tampa one point Kucherov. And I wouldn't necessarily just flat out exclude Pilat here. Like he's looked pretty good on their wing. Like, obviously everybody's going to look good with Point Kucherov, but he's not a guy that's just, you know, going to get the puck and then finding their teammates and then just parking himself in front of the net and hoping the puck goes in off of him. Like maybe um, Zach Zach Cassian might in in Edmonton or something like that. Like he is looking to make plays. He's carrying the puck. Um, He's setting up, you know, Braden Point with some pretty glorious chances in the slot. So I don't, you know, you can leave them off if you want to go straight power play stack. But I do like the idea of leaving Platt there, it brings the average cost of the line down. Um and he's looked really good with them. So um, that's kind of where I'm going uh, on Tampa Bay. I will have someone off Yanni Gord. I think that line's looked incredible for them. Uh, so far uh, this postseason. Yanni Gord's been, you know, maybe their second or third best forward, um, I think. Through through those, these playoffs so far, so I do have some one uh, some off court, um, but mostly it's going to be about Tampa one and some one off Blue Jackets for me out of this game.
1: Yeah, Tampa one for me as well. Uh, I don't see any reason to get off of them based on the last game. I mean, if a couple more chances go their way, they might have scored. Uh, I mean, they might have scored two or three goals in regulation, um, but they ha- they had the big game anyways. But they got there uh, late, so I don't know what that's going to do. I mean bottom line is point scored over 30. I think Kucherov had 25 DK points. People would be uh, hot on them, but I'm I'm kind of the same way. I definitely agree on the matchups as well. Um, And that kind of stinks because my, the favorite Columbus line for me to stack is Columbus one. Um, But if I'm playing a bunch of Tampa on other side, I think there's probably some uh, negative correlation between, between those two lines. So, uh, I don't think you have to avoid Columbus 1 entirely. Uh, right now, I've, I've only got a few of them in my uh, 150. Um, pretty concerned with how the Jenner line played. Uh, in the first game, they kind of got ran over. And then <laughs> there, in the second line, you've got Wenberg. Uh, he actually did take quite a few shots. It felt like... Uh, he
2: looked fine. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh
1: don't, don't make know. me. Can ros- we? Can we do it? Don't make me roster him. <laughs> so um, I, would, I like. I'm, I'm not. I'm not rostering okay. him. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to play a lot of three threes. So he would, I guess, be included with my Atkinson teschier lineups. Uh, that's a really cheap stack, uh, but not certainly not going crazy with Wenberg because he attempted like three shots in a five OT game. <laughs> um, that might be that might be his uh, career uh, career high in shot attempts. Um yeah, I I mean uh another thing, oh Sergachev, we do have this as well. Sergachev played on the top power play basically the entire time. So I thought it would they were switching back and forth when I was watching the game. Um must not have been watching that close though. Uh Sergachev under 4k. Top power play goes well with Tampa 1 or Tampa 2 if if you like that. Um and then man, Coleman hasn't really made a splash, like he was good in New Jersey hasn't really made a splash since coming to uh, to Tampa. But I think I agree with you on the Tampa 3 line as well. So I'm, I'm Tampa 1, I'm Tampa 3. Uh, at least I'm going to be over the field on that line. Um, and hopefully they can beat up on the Wenberry and, and Jenner lines again. So I just yeah, really like Tampa I, in this game. And
2: and the one guy I would leave off that line is probably Goodrow. It's just it, – it seems like he's almost like the crasher, banger that, that goes into – caused a disruption to let Gordon Coleman play around with the puck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, th- I think like Gaudreau only had two, two or three shot attempts in that entire game. So like, it's pretty clear that Gordon Coleman are stirring the drink offensively
1: on that line. Yeah. How about Kim Atkinson not having shot on goal? Like the, the only player in the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Insane. Um, <laughs> hockey's random, man. This is tough. DFS is tough. So if you're losing, um, you need to give yourself a little bit of a sample. So, I'm down so far. I don't know about you, but... Uh, um, I'm I haven't checked this morning.
2: I'd, I'd be pretty close to even, maybe okay. down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I've so. had a pretty miserable... Well, DK saved me the other day. Uh, <laughs> but I've had a pretty miserable last few days. So last week was better than this one, but... Need um, that elusive bink. It's tough at the top. A lot of good players, so... Uh, don't be too discouraged. Because I think we're going to have some big slates on Saturday and Sunday with no NBA, so... Keep your eye out for that. This is a little warm up. Uh, contests aren't great across the industry, but uh, if you're looking to make profit, I think Yahoo is a good place to start. I've been playing over there pretty much every day. Got some placeholders in. Um, I don't see the guaranteed, uh, or not the guaranteed overlay. The um, the no management feed. that they're doing that for NBA today. So if you're playing NBA, twenty five cent. No management fee tournament over there. You can use promo code OSMO to get up to 30 bucks in Yahoo Sports rewards points, which is cash to play um, Daily Fantasy over on Yahoo. So go do that if you're looking to uh, expand your DFS sites or if you're looking to just make some more money because nothing better than not paying management fees. Any defenseman you want to mention in this game before we move it on? Just one thing I want
2: to mention in general. I mean, I know it was a five OT game, so maybe that obviously had a lot to do with it. But other than Hedman, the the time on ice for the Tampa Bay defensemen were fairly spread out. Um, now we saw in the round robin games that McDonough was playing a lot of minutes. So I presume that if they go back to their normal schedule or whatever, then McDonough would be the guy to play a fair amount of minutes. So I do like McDonough um, in general. Um, I just don't know how the minutes exactly are going to break out. <laughs> like we don't exactly have a, a template for what to do after a five overtime game.
1: Yeah, uh, you could see Savard play decent minutes uh, in McDonough. So those are two guys that I'm going to a little bit that aren't um, that aren't on the power play, like the obvious guys: Hedman, Sergachev, Jones, Wierensky. Um But yeah, hard to hard to know how these teams are going to play. Like uh, it's already tough to get a read especially with Columbus with their lines, but at least we'll know the lines before the game. Now, that doesn't mean that if you swap, that they're not going to go right back to something else or put Wenberg between Bjorkstrand and Eric Robinson. Who knows? It could be anything. Um, So Columbus is kind of a tilting team to stack in general. But it's a small slate, so I get it if you want to go there. Blackhawks, Vegas Golden Knights, 2.7 implied total for the Hawks, 3.4 for the Knights. This one will start at 5.30 Eastern. So we're getting the main event a little bit early today. Um, this game probably is going to decide the slate one way or the other. Crawford and Leonard, I don't see any changes on either side, except that uh, Nick Roy was with uh, the fourth line last game. Nosek was scratched. Uh, Cousins was centering Stevenson and Tuck, but we've got that on the screen. Um other than that, I mean, Vegas is going to be popular. I, I don't think you need our ownership projections to tell you that. Uh, I mean, look at them, for sure, to get the uh, the actual numbers. But, yeah, they're going to be really popular here. Both their top two lines, Tuck is going to get some ownership as well. Can you disagree with anything here? Is, is there a way to get different with Vegas?
2: He, um. I mean, you'd have probably some sort of Josh stack um, and go with somebody further down the lineup. Um, I imagine a lot of the one-offs will be Alex Tuck. So maybe you want to do Chandler Stevenson instead or something like that. Um, I just, I, I don't think there's going to be, you, you know, maybe use Braid McNabb or Zach Whitecloud um, instead of Schmidt or Theodore or something like that. They'll obviously be considerably less owned. But if you're stacking Vegas, I think it's you're gonna have to get creative with your filler stacks, your defensemen and your goalies. I don't think there's a lot of ways you can get creative with their fours. They're just they're gonna be way too chalky on the slate. I just it it just kind of sucks that we don't have something to go off of because their last game was obviously ownership inflated because of the canceled Carolina Boston game. Like I remember looking at the ownerships like Jonathan Tays was like thirty percent. He won't be like I'd be yeah. surprised if he's half that on the slate. Um, looking at that game though, Chicago two, Doc, Kane, and Debrancat had, had way more ice time than Chicago one, and that's concerning for me. Um, Kirby Doc, if I'm not mistaken, had four more minutes at even, even strength than Jonathan Taves. Like, that's not a small margin, that's a gigantic margin. Um, the thing to note about Kirby Dock, too, is even though he's playing all these monster minutes with Patrick Kane, do you notice how his price isn't going up on DraftKings? Yeah, he never shoots. It's shoot. because he, does, it, he doesn't shoot. Yeah. He just refuses to shoot the puck. Um, I, you know, he's a real nice player, but people have to realize he's still a rookie. Um, the player he is now is not the player he was five months ago, so we, I, he's still kind of getting used to the 15 pounds of muscle or whatever he put on. He's obviously a really good player but if he doesn't shoot he like how much better is he than paul stasny or something like that you know what i mean or how much better is he than alex wenberg honestly so i'm serious respect wow so but if you're not if you're gonna play 20 minutes and take two shot attempts and land one shot like how useful yeah. is that for
1: 3500 dollars? you're relying on two or three assists you're exactly right so i would like if you're using fantasy cruncher i would just make a rule that if you play doc um you have to play Kane in the lineup because they're, I think they're like, if Kane has a big performance, doc's probably going to be fine. At least he's not going to hurt you for that price. Um, yeah. So that's how I would do it. If you're worried about but, getting him as a one-off.
2: Yeah. So, and, but the thing with, with Kirby doc is like I said, he doesn't shoot. And I think it's a terrible matchup because they go one, two, three in their matchups, which means they're going to get this, the stone and Pacharetti line. So, like, if you're just going to run Doc and Kane into a brick wall for 20 minutes, like, you're not going to get ahead. So, I'm wondering if they don't try to switch up a little bit and maybe give that Taves line more this time. Because Taves and Kubelik, that line looked, good. like, good yeah. in the first game. Like, played better than whoever they were matched up against. And I, I went and looked at the line matching. They were matched up against the Pacioretty and Stone line basically the first half of the game, mm-hmm. and they were doing fine against them. So uh, I, you know, I was on Chicago one in that game. And obviously, like I said, ownership got thrown out of whack um, because of the canceled Carolina Boston game on that slate, but I'm going right back to Chicago one here. Um, I have a good amount of Tays. I have a good amount of Kubelik. Um, I think they're in the better matchup, which is against Marsh, So, um, and Smith and they played well in game one. Like I said, um, the ice time sucks. I hope it rebounds. Um, I'm assuming a lot of people are just going to stay off them because they're going to see the same things we're seeing um, and they're going to avoid the ownership, especially after that performance. Like I think game one would have confirmed anybody's fears about a Chicago Vegas matchup. You know, people were worried about Vegas dominating Chicago and Chicago only did well because they were playing a bad defensive team in Edmonton, et cetera, et cetera you know, that game one would have confirmed it, right? They got shot by like 15 shots or something like that. Like other than the top line, the rest of the lineup got throttled. So uh, I think we do, de- I hope we see some depressed ownership. So I'm going back um, onto the Chicago one, uh, Kubelik and Taves I'm going to be focusing on, but I will have some sod in there, obviously. Um, I might mix it up with some PP stacks, um, you know, instead of sod adding Kane, or instead of sod adding Doc or something like that. Um, but I am going to be focusing uh, on Chicago one on that side. I am going to have a good amount of, of Vegas two, uh, Vegas power play, but I think I'm probably going to end up right around the field. Like I'm not going to go haywire on them. Um, I am going to have a good amount of Corey Crawford as well, because I think, you know, it seems like he's a pretty good lock to face at least 30 shots every single game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of whether he allows five goals or one goal. So um, I'm going to have a good amount of Crawford and I, All the defensemen for Chicago are getting cheaper as well. I noticed Connor Murphy's under 4K. I think Duncan Keith's just over 4,100. So um, it's getting easier to stack the Blackhawks defensemen in uh, for relatively cheap. So I'm going to have Keith in my Blackhawks power play stacks, and I'll probably have someone like Murphy where I'm just
1: stacking the even strength line. Yeah, man, this is uh, (laughs) like nothing about the first game, like watching some of it and then Um, looking at the stats and how the the lines matched up is really changing my opinion about how to treat it. So similar slate, like, you know, we're not going to hopefully get a game postponed here. So I agree. You can't really take anything from those ownership projections because I basically swapped all of my Boston to Vegas. And I'm sure a a bunch of people did as well. Um, So look, Vegas is going to be chalky. I don't think it's going to be chalky enough for me to get off of them. Right now, with the ownership projections on the site, with the projections, all that, um, Vegas, the Carlson line is my number one stack by a good margin. Vegas 2, the Stastny line, is about third or fourth for me, somewhere in that range. And then I've got power play stacks. I think this is the maybe the one team where you could full power play stack the second power play if you wanted to do that. Um, they're usually pretty even. The one downside is they don't have Shea Theodore, but Schmidt and Martinez are still solid players. Like, um, Not guys you need to avoid, or you could four-man it and just take uh, one of Schmidt or or um, Martinez. But, um, yeah, and then the, the Tays line, they just were better in the first game. They didn't play as many minutes, and maybe they won't be awesome, but if they can generate as many chances as they did last game um, and go up against the Stastny line, I like that way better than having to go up against Stone and Patcheri. So, um, I'm right there with you. I, I think I'm going to end up just bumping down the dock Kane to Brinkat line. Um, you know, I almost I play like basically every top six line with 150 and just the way that I play. But looking at the ownership discrepancy between the Tays and the Dock line, I think it's a mistake. I think I'm going to have more Tays than uh, than Kane line. So, feeling pretty good about that. I. I'm just going right into the chalk again with Vegas. Um, I think you can, again, Josh Stack, you can play the first line with the third line. You can play the second line with the third line if you just wanted to onslaught and hope for a couple full-line goals. Um, there's there's ways to attack it. You're not going to be super different because there's only four games. Um, but just playing like one of Schmidt and or Martinez instead of Theodore is a way to differentiate that. Um, might put you ahead if one of those guys has a big performance because they're certainly capable or, of it. Or just double defenseman with Schmidt yep. and Ennis if you want to.
2: I mean, oh, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, um, somebody shared mm-hmm. with me this morning the winner of the of the fifteen dollar last night had double had Angelo and Pareco. Yeah, and they don't even um, skate together.
1: Not, if I they're would not think. even on the same yeah. even strength pairing, and the team only scored two <laughs> goals. Yeah. So those peripheral defensemen, Vegas has a few of them, and then uh, Chicago. Connor Murphy again. I feel like I just like the Connor Murphy fan club, but he's a guy that always grades up well for us. Uh, and his price is dropping. And the block shot's going to be there. Him and Dahan as well. Um, Thirty five hundred for Calvin Dehan. Like Vegas, they didn't really go off in the first game. The the Stastny line was very good in terms of DK points, but I don't know. This could get ugly pretty quick. I think if uh, Crawford's not. On his A game here. But Chicago can score goals, so give me some of the Tays line as well. I think we're good on this game. Anything else you want to mention?
2: No, that's about it for me. I just, I, I also don't know how much Leonard I'm going to get to. I just, it's I, so I, low upside. Yeah, it's, and at that price range, like we're going to get to Carolina Boston next, I think I'd probably just take one of the Boston goalies.
1: Yeah, let's see where I'm at on Leonard right now. I got. Man, our ownership projection is wrong on Leonard. We've got him at, like, 1%. I've got, if he's at 1%, I would have, like, 15. um, And I think he's going to be closer to, like, 15% ownership. So maybe we'll get another run of that and get that updated. But, yeah, it's just going to be, like, I love correlating goalie, but you're kind of relying on a shutout and, like, 25 saves. Um, I don't know that he's going to get to 30 when Vegas is on home ice and gets to, to choose matchups here. They're just such a good possession team that it's hard to play an $8,300 goalie with any sort of regularity here. Yep. Carolina and Boston, 2.6 implied total, 2.8 uh, for the Bruins. Again, 2.6 for the Hurricanes, I should uh, say. Mirazik, Tukarask, These two teams played yesterday. They were supposed to play two days ago, so very quick turnaround. Um, this one's going to lock at 8 Eastern. What did you notice in the first game that happened just under 24 hours ago? Double OT. Uh, Boston pulled out the win. Um but I think you got some interesting thoughts on kind of the Boston side here.
2: Well, well, both sides actually. Okay. One thing is Jake Gardner played 13 minutes in a double overtime game. I don't even know how you roster him anymore. Dude, what is he going to play Gardner?
0: I don't know why. Well, he's
2: not he's just not that bad, he, right? he didn't but... play well this year. I think it's his back. I think he still has back problems cuz those back mm-hmm. problems cropped up at the end of the last season 2018-2019. I just think those haven't gotten better. Fair and,
1: enough. I mean, I just know like the Leafs media is always they were always super yeah. super hard on oh, him. Oh
2: yeah. They were always on him, but he was always maligned for that for no reason. I just think mm-hmm. it's a back problem that's cropping up, but like sure. if he's playing 13 minutes, I don't I don't care if he's on one of the power play units. That's pretty close to not rosterable even at I don't know what is he is. 600 So um not sure if I'm gonna be getting to a whole lot of garner today. <laughs> um Jacob Slavin had over thirty-seven minutes in that game, and nobody else on the team had more than thirty-one, if I'm not mistaken. So we talked you know, obviously we didn't get to use them because the game was canceled, but we talked about him on the last day that we had this we had this game. Um, that Slavin is a guy to turn to because, you know, people will go to Hamilton, but Slavin's a really good offensive player. He's good at carrying the puck. He's good in transition. He likes to shoot. He blocks shots. He's that combo meal threat we talked about for the shot block and shot on goal bonus. Um, I like using Slavin kind of like uh, to get different. Um, I don't think you need to because we have Carolina's ownership coming in pretty low on this slate. so. Um, I don't think, you know, it's not like a case where you need to go from a 19% Hamilton to a 9% Slaven or something like that. Um, They probably should both be pretty low. Uh, The other thing is, I thought the Trocek line looked good for Carolina. Trocek, Natchez, and Niederreiter. I know, like, Niederreiter's kind of looked lost all season, which is probably one reason why he's down on the third line. Um, But Trocek and Natchez, I thought, looked pretty good. And Natchez, or not Natchez, Trocek was on the top power play unit with um, Justin Williams out of the lineup. Now, we don't know. I didn't see if Justin Williams is going to come back. I imagine we're not going to get
1: anything until warm-ups.
2: Brindamore, um, but Justin, Brindamore said
1: they've still got a bunch of guys uh, banged up, and he said they're true game-time decisions. So, so. Yeah.
2: Not there great. we go. We're, we're going to get the JT Miller thing from last night all over again. Yeah. Um. So whether Justin Williams comes back has a big effect on Trocek's value. Like, I like Trocek in general. I have him as a one-off, as a targeted one-off today, regardless of whether he's on the power play unit or not, because I think um, once you get to Boston's third and fourth lines, um, Trocek and company can probably do some damage. So as long as they don't get matched up against the first and second line too much, which they shouldn't, um, I think they can have a good game. So Trocek and Nietzsche are one of those filler combinations that I like. Um, Trocek is a one-off for me, especially if Justin Williams is not in the lineup. We're going to have to see um, when lineups are released. Uh Charlie McAvoy played a ton of minutes in that game. Um, he's another guy we brought up, uh, I, but his price is right next to Tory Krug's now, which it makes it hard to justify playing McAvoy then at that price because the reason for generally playing McAvoy was to get a... Differentiate from Krug, who was often popular with Boston one stacks. Um, The problem with Boston one stacks typically had been the first line was 21 or 22 grand, and Krug was between five to six K. He's under five grand now. Like he's McAvoy's only a couple hundred cheaper on DraftKings, so um, I could see a lot more people going to Krug, which kind of makes McAvoy, I guess, in a way more appealing because maybe he carries less ownership because the prices are so close together. People would just take the power play one defenseman automatically
1: um i think that's what's gonna happen
2: yeah so i i mean that would make more sense i guess so um mcavoy's still in play for me just because uh of the ice time um but the one thing that we talked about briefly before the show that was is really important is they really leaned on their second line in that game um like if you look at the even strength ice time uh Precci and DeBrusque both had more even-strength minutes than David Pasternak did. Um, All three players on the second line had more even-strength minutes than all three players on the first line. Um, I'm not sure why that is. Like, you know, Bergeron and Marchand both play power play and penalty kill, so obviously you do need to give them a rest. But the fact that the second line played so much at even strength tells me maybe there's something in a matchup or there's something on the defense that they – that Boston likes, or maybe they just like the way Kasha, Krejci, and DeBrus play, or were playing on that particular day. Whatever it is, they come in pretty cheap. The entire line stacks for 11 and a half, on 11 and a half thousand on DraftKings. That's a great filler stack if you're going super expensive Vegas or super expensive Tampa or something like that. Um, So I do like the Boston second line quite a bit here today. It's a risk, it's a risk that the ice time that we saw where they're close and surpassing the first line in the first game is going to persist. If it doesn't, I'm willing to eat the loss on that. Cause I think it's worth taking the risk at lower ownership And what might not be a bad matchup. If Justin Williams is out, that stall line isn't as formidable. I don't think, um, in any matchups they might get. So, um, I'm going to have some Boston too. I do have a fair bit of Carolina one. And the reason yeah. I have a fair bit of Carolina one is straight ownership. Um, we have them coming in around two three percent and to me i don't care about the matchup any time that line is matchup against any team and they're going to come in at that ownership level i'm going to stack them i like i honestly don't care about the matchup i don't care where they're playing or how they're playing or what the situation is it's all about ownership so think right now i'm sitting at uh 20 carolina one i might not knock that down a little bit maybe um, just to 10 or 15 percent, because I don't think he really needs a ton. Um, but I am going to get Carolina one in, not because I think it, there's some sneaky matchup here or something like that. It's just that their ownership is going to be way too low for as talented as those guys are.
1: Yeah. I think the Boston side is kind of easier to, to parse through here. You got Boston one, they would have gotten there had the game taken place on the, on yeah, the, yeah. Can uh, we not talk about that? Yeah. So they would, they would have had two full <laughs> line goals, uh, one in OT. Um, so I don't even know if they would have been in the winning lineup necessarily. I don't know if the pricing would have worked, but they would have performed pretty well, or they did perform well in game one. Um, that being said, they like they were matched up against the Ajo line quite a bit, which you would expect. They didn't do that great of a job of shutting them down. Um, I think the shots for while those two lines were on the ice against each other, I think it was 13-13 to 13 shot attempts. Um, and Boston isn't going to give up a lot of quality chances, but Carolina one can finish them if they do slip a little bit. Uh, so I yeah, I saw the ownership as well. I'm at least open <laughs> to, to playing Carolina one, whatever. Uh, they're going to be that low owned on whatever size slate on a four game slate. They might bump get bumped up a little bit, but I'm pretty sure we had them projected at almost double digits uh, on the slate two days ago. Um, and then we, we didn't get to see the ownership because everybody swapped off But, um, yeah, that it's just, it's crazy. And they held their own in game one. Um, so that's good to know they're younger. Uh, so maybe the quick turnaround, I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself into some, (laughs) some Carolina one here. I, I just can't look at that ownership and, and just turn away because of Boston one. So. I I mean, that's the thing, right. And it's in our top stacks tool. Like Mm -hmm. we have
2: a, a little leverage column that shows you, um, what we think their chances are finishing as one of the top two stacks Mm -hmm. on the slate and what the projected ownership is going to be. And, you know, the difference gives you the leverage that you have over the field. And even if you think Carolina is going to come in higher than what we have, like, let's say you think they come in somewhere as closer to eight to 10%. Again, you don't need a lot of them. You know, you don't have to go out Like Vegas could be Vegas two could be closer to thirty percent. Like if you want to be in the field with Vegas two, one probably one out of three your lineups need Mm -hmm. to have Vegas in them. Um, With Carolina one, that's not the case at all. Like you don't need a lot of them. I'm pretty sure if you if you get ten percent Carolina one, like full stack, you're going to be ahead of the field. So you don't need a lot here. And like Jake said, we're trying to talk ourselves and give ourselves a bunch of data points about uh, why this is a good play, but it really does come down to ownership.
1: Yeah, uh, I think in that ten percent range is probably where I'm going to end up on them. So it's not I'm not all in on Carolina one. I don't think <clears throat> you should be. It's not a great matchup still, um, but <laughs> no, the price is right bad and matchup. they're they're an awesome line. <laughs> so maybe maybe they roll the Krejci line against them a couple times because they're in love with the Krejci line now, or maybe they roll Coil and ritchie and bjork against them a few times and they get a they get a cheap one against the non on lines and then you still got the power play i mean they scored three goals yesterday um i think they're going to be able to score goals uh in this series so yeah it was a little bit too low on them i think for game one um and maybe i'm a little bit too high on them for for game two but uh that's where we're at dougie and slavin i like as one-offs um you could obviously play Dougie with Carolina one, if you wanted to go with the onslaught there. And then the, the ownership difference between Krug and McAvoy is pretty wide. So, uh, I like the idea of playing McAvoy with some of my Boston one lineups. Uh, if it turns out that I need a, a defenseman in that range, other than that, uh, we're not playing Jake Gardner
2: and I mean, it's, it's worth talking about the goaltending, right? Cause sure. it's back to back. Yeah. Um, in the first round in the play ins, Carolina went to Carolina had a back to back with the Rangers and they went to James Reimer in the second game. So I suspect Reimer could start this one. And I wouldn't be surprised if Yaroslav Halak starts hmm. this game either. Um he started the first game of the play up the round robin for them before Rass started the next two. And Not they don't use them interchangeably. They obviously favor Rask, but I don't think there's just some giant chasm like Corey Crawford and Malcolm Subban, where it's you know if this goalie's hurt, we're toast. I think they look at it as they're pretty close to even. They're up a game already. Maybe they want to give Rask uh, some rest. So yeah, it was double T. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel pretty confident saying that it's going to be Rimer for Carolina and. I'm assuming it's going to be Halak for Boston. If people just want to go with Rask, I'm not going to say you're an idiot. It's just um, it's just guessing on my part.
1: They, they actually just confirmed now, and some of the people in chat are saying uh, it's going to be Rask for game two. Okay. Good so, to know. They can always we change, we change their that. minds. But, really. yeah. um, Rask has a broken finger and has been skipping practices. Oh, man. You're talking me into like 12% Carolina <laughs> 1 now. Look out. Just the uh. absolute worst thing to hear at this point in time. <laughs> all right, let's go to uh, – actually, let's quick talk about what we got for free today, and then we'll go to the last game. Um, first of all, we got a bunch of shows coming up. MMA Strategy is going to be way later tonight. Uh, we've got NBA Live Before Lock, Laffy and Josh. This morning, we had the NBA Strategy Show, uh, MLB Strategy Show. You can find those uh, on YouTube, on our channel um obviously like subscribe do all that stuff that helps us out a ton but if you want to listen to on podcast i'll be uploading those uh onto podcasts we've got the main feed osmo daily fantasy on apple podcasts and then uh, we've also got sports specific feeds if you just want to get nba shows for example so i'll be up on both of those uh if you want to subscribe to our sports specific channels feel free to do so um also we do have uh this lineup builder is going to be free for today so I will post this in chat for NHL. And then let me see. Got to refresh my memory on what we have for NBA. Thursday, we have uh, the ownership rankings for NBA. MLB top stacks tool as well. So that's my favorite tool for MLB. It's my favorite tool for pretty much every sport. We've talked about it for NHL. Um but it is a great way to uh, identify over and under stacks. So take advantage of that if you're playing any of these sports today. Let's get to the late-night hammer of all... Uh, I mean, the hammer of all hammers right here. 2.6 implied total for the Flames. 2.6 as well for the Stars. Vegas is saying this is a pretty much a pick em. Cam Talbot and Anton Kedobin. Maybe Ben Bishop. I know Bishop is available to start here. I think it's going to be bishop just because dallas lost and didn't look very good um but it sounds like he's going to be available for this one he's who i have in the projections i'll update if we need to did game one change your opinion of anything and then uh where are your exposures in this game if if any yeah uh no game one didn't change anything
2: for me it Feels like that game went pretty much according to plan. Like I don't think we're expecting a lot more than three, two games out of this. Like if we ever get a seven, five game out of this, out of this series, um, I might just have to quit playing NHL DFS. Um, I don't know what to do with Dallas because I don't like any of their lines. I mean, you could argue Tyler Sedgins on their fourth line now. Yep, because they, they use that Foxacomo line as a shutdown line. I wouldn't say uh, Pavelski and Guryanov. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I honestly think you can make an argument that Tyler Sagan is on their fourth line now. Like, he won't get fourth line minutes, but, like, I don't care if he's playing, like, I don't care if he's playing with Corey Perry or, or whomever. Like, I don't want anything to do with him. And you look at the rest of the lineup, how long are these lines going to stay together? They've been changing them almost every game, every two games, and that's... And what's what sucks about that is that they went through their entire training camp pretty much with set lines. Like they were running Yanmark, Pavelski, and Radulov, they were running Ben and Sagan and and Hintz, if I'm not mistaken. Like the Fox Faxacom- like they had lines they were running for two weeks, and then they change everything once they get to the games. Um, I don't, I'm like I see myself with some Dallas one off. I I made lineups right before we came on. I ended up with like fifteen percent one off Haskinen. Um, a couple one-off Pavelskis. That's about it. Like I'm, um, I just don't even know where you would begin to stack on this team, um, other than if you want to stack the power play or something like that. So for me, it's I'm going to be treating Dallas kind of like I'm treating Columbus. It's going to be one-offs, uh, maybe some cheaper defensemen. Um, what's interesting to note, and the reason I I picked out Pavelski is that. Um, I subscribed to a matchup sheet by a Dauber writer named Adam Daly-Fry, and he has the Pavelski-Gurian off the line going up against Calgary's third line of Dubay, Lucic, and Sam Bennett. Uh, Sam Bennett taking over on that second line for Derek Ryan is a pretty big downgrade, I think, at least offensively. I think it's a big downgrade defensively for that line, and I think it hurts it might help them score some goals, but it certainly won't help them prevent any. And I think, um, like the Faxa-Como line is gonna be matched up with Monaghan and them. So there's nothing you can do there about that matchup. Like you're not gonna go out and roster Dallas's, you know, Como Faxa line for 25% or something like that. That's just ridiculous. So the best matchup you're probably gonna get is against that Bennett line um, and that's Pavelski. So I do have a bit of one off Pavelski, but for me, it's gonna be going back to that Calgary too well. Um, Backland Kachuk, Mangiapane, they've looked good all through the round robin or all through the play. They look good in game one. They look good um, for most of the season once Manjapane got to that line. So I'm going back to that. Well, uh, the thing to note about Calgary, and I'm going to be curious if this has any effect on ownership going forward. In the first game, they pretty much evenly distributed even strength time on ice between the first and third lines. Um, I think there's only like two minutes separating Dylan Dubé from Johnny Godrow, which is just crazy when you think about (laughs) the quality of the player. Uh, So that's why I'm not super high on Calgary one is like, if they're not going to play 19, 20 minutes, if they're going to play 16, 17 minutes, um, I'm not sure I want to pay up for, I'm not going to say they're going to be a chalky line, but they are in that mid price range where they can help fit in some expensive defensemen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, we do have them in double digits on our ownerships, on our ownership stacks, I believe. So, you know, if that line's going to be matched up going into a tough matchup, um, it, going into a tough matchup because they might have to eat that that uh, matchup line from Dallas, and they're only going to play sixteen or seventeen minutes, maybe like thirty seconds or a minute more than the second line. I'd rather just take the second line. That might be a better even strength line as it is, and it's certainly going to be in a better matchup. So. Uh, haskin in and Pavelski one offs for me on Dallas. Um, I'm going in with Calgary two. I do have, uh, I think one share of Calgary three or at least one one off Dubai. I'm gonna go back to that. Well, um, but that's about it. That's so that's where I'm gonna go. Um, for the Fords on the blue line, I want to note Jamie Alexiak played a ton of minutes in their first game. I think he played 24 25 minutes, he had like four more minutes of ice time than Klingberg did. Um, you know, Alexiak's not going to go and score, you know, two goals and an assist or something like that, but, um, he is good for some peripherals. Um, if he's playing 24, 25 minutes, he's going to have to be. So, um, Alexiak is, is one of the defensemen I'm going to be taking from Dallas.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, there's a clear spot that I I like to attack here and that's Calgary two backland, Kachuk, Manjapani played pretty well first game. Uh, won't have to go up against the facts align uh, according to what you said, and then they just like that fax align against opposing top competition, and they did a good job against Calgary one. Uh, so That's expect- why, like, I don't
2: like that Calgary one. Yeah, <laughs> like <clears throat> if you're gonna tell me a first line playing against a fourth line all game, what looks like
1: Dallas' fourth line, I'd say yeah, I'm all in. But this fourth line, I'm not. No, they're they're solid. Um, so I'm I'm really gonna limit the amount of like, Calgary 1 stacks like, yeah, I get. You know, they're cheap. I have, I,
2: but... I have none. I'll, uh, like, I, I do less lineups than you. I only do 20. You do 150. But
1: I, I I, have zero Calgary 1. Yeah. So I think I talked about it yesterday with a couple lines that were in tough matchups. I think maybe, depending on your play style, for me, it's a little bit aggressive to just cross off a top line here with only eight teams. Um, and they are, like, some of their best point producers. So there's a chance they could get there. Uh, Homer Cleese mentions the power play. Um, uh, The the penalty kill, sorry, for Dallas all season wasn't good. It hasn't been very good so far. They're taking, I think, three and a half to four times shorthanded per game. Um, These lines are garbage, so things could go Calgary one's way. I just really prefer Calgary two um, as a full stack. Manjupani, again, it's going to get left off. Of a lot of stacks, I'm gonna try to not leave him off, and uh, you can play Geo or Gustafson. I think with Calgary too. Um, Dallas is Dallas is, in, I guess, interesting. Not really, but um, in that, I think this They're being the interesting last in the way, like a 17 car <laughs> crash on the highway is interesting. Exactly. So that like Sagan had a legit zero last game. Um, <laughs> He's playing with Perry and Dickinson. Allegedly, he's playing with those guys. They did skate Ben Radulov and Sagan together um, a little bit last game. It was about three minutes, I want to say. So that's a few shifts. I think there's a decent chance they go back to that to try to generate some. I, I offense. mean, they like, you know, they're down a game. If
2: they go down two nothing or something in this, they're gonna have to. They can't just keep going status quo. Yeah. I
1: mean. So so that's a pretty cheap stack um that's probably the one i'm just gonna go with uh and then i'm just gonna assume it's uh pavelski yanmark and i I don't even know maybe Giryanov, maybe hints but i think you just have to guess on the dallas lines and then react so
2: that's why that's yeah that's why i said it like i don't have any Dallas stacks if i did it would probably be power play just because i think we're gonna see a lot of broken line combinations today other than that
1: shutdown line yeah so what I'm probably gonna do is just um, play Dallas's, like play one line from Dallas, um, and then swap if need be. I could always swap some exposure to Calgary one if I feel like uh, I'm in a good spot, or if the lines at pregame for for Dallas are this trash that we see on the screen. Um, so either play one-offs, play two mans, maybe like. I don't even know the two mans you would play because who knows if Hints is going to be with Ben and Radulov? They're not on the power play together, so you're just going to play two uncorrelated forwards. I, yeah, Dallas stinks as you. Can. I can't wait till they're out of the playoffs. Oh they're my so god, bad. they're agree. so bad. Um, <laughs> so Bishop's the thing to, to keep an eye on here. I think it's going to be him. Uh, oh, I was going to check. Do you know Bishop's price off the top of your head? That's the only thing. Uh, I think it was 7500 Okay, so if they're the exact same price, then you can, you guys can put in whoever Set, you no,
2: want. He's no, 70, he's $77. Oh. 5, 7,
1: so I would suggest put in Bishop and then swap. Set an alarm at, what would it be, 10 p.m. Eastern so you don't forget. Swap him <clears throat> on all sites, and then you're covered. The, the extra $200 isn't that big of a deal in NHL DFS. So small price to pay yeah. for uh, being able to leave your options open and play a goalie that's actually playing. What about D-Men here? I mentioned a couple of guys on Calgary. Anyone else you want to point out uh, besides Oleksiak? Yeah. Like, what are you doing with Klingberg and Hiskinen? Are those one-off options for you at all? Yeah,
2: I'm not, I'm not rostering Klingberg because I don't have any Dallas. Like, I would only put him in, in power play stacks or line one stacks that I had, and I have none of those, so I have no Klingberg. Um, Hiskinen, I do have a few shares because, um, like we saw, um, was it uh, not game one, but their final game of the round, robin? like they scored three goals – from three different lines and he was in on all three of them. It's because he just plays so many minutes mm-hmm. and he's such a puck mover that he's going to get involved. So um, and is definitely a guy that I have out of this game. One time on ice issue on the Calgary side was Eric Gustafson. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he played 13 minutes at even strength in their last game. Yeah, um, I think he played like 16 minutes total. Hmm. Uh, that's not going to do it. So I have concerns about rostering Gustafson as a one off. I think he's more into the territory of Calgary one or power play stacks than you put him in. Like, I don't know if I'd play Gustafson as a one off because playing 13 minutes with your main exposure coming from the power play, I don't know how he has a great game without the power play having a great game.
1: Yep. I agree with that uh, on all fronts. I, I like his as the one off play on Dallas. He's you know, I'll, I'll probably mix in some Alexiac. <clears throat> He's one of the few guys you can play that's under three K that um you feel safe about getting twenty minutes. Um and then one more thing. Can Matthew Kachuk not fight again? Uh <laughs> what is he doing? In a playoff game? Right off uh, the bat? This game? yeah, I, chill, dude. We God.
2: I like that that got me mad. Yeah, who's Tom Wilson? Oh, Tom Wilson and Anders Lee yesterday after after Lee put him out. It's like like I get it, you
1: want some blood, but listen, man, I need fantasy <laughs> points. Like five minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but then you can't get in a groove. Like it's just annoying. I don't know. Stop fighting. Your top power play. You're fifty five hundred. He should know for like, for DFS fans. Leave, you know. leave it to Luchic and Dube on the third line. Exactly. Or something. Let let the scrubs fight. Although I, I better wash my mouth on Luchic. I think he's on a five game points points <laughs> streak here. So. I don't know, maybe he's back to being okay. Um, Calgary 3, pretty, pretty cheap
2: here. I, I told you, I do have some more. I have one off Dubay again here today. Um,
1: le- nothing crazy, just a couple, but I am going to have one off Dubé. Yeah, I mean, I I'll probably have to end up swapping. Unless I just have the absolute nuts and I have enough Calgary 2 and Calgary 1, the few laps that I have, um, <clears throat> like I could see myself playing some – or having some Dallas one, they just go nuclear with their lines, and then I'm just hitting a hail mary or trying to trying to connect on a hail mary here with Lucic, Bennett, and Dubé, like a couple stacks that I just swap because I'm fed up with Dallas lines. So we'll see. Um, if if there's a late night hammer here, I just hope it's Calgary two, and not I mean, uh, not Dallas. Yeah,
2: or Calgary one
1: for our buddy Homer. Cleese. there you go there you go um i think that's gonna do it got any other last words i'll mention yahoo really quick uh promo code ospo is how you can get up to 30 bucks in yahoo sports rewards points they're running some nhl contests i'm in come take my money uh use those ysrps if you like uh no management fee tournaments uh guys i have got mlb up there Uh, i've been playing some mlb over there as well and then i played pga Uh, I'm not good at PGA, but I think I got a way better chance of winning over on Yahoo, softer competition, less pros. You guys know the deal. And then they're they're doing some management fee free tournaments as well um, for PGA. So get in those. You got to get in those really early in the day because they fill because they're the best tournaments on the market that you're going to find. Shout out to Yahoo. Thanks for them for sponsoring the show. They help us do this for free. Anything else? Nope, that's about it for me. All right, good luck, everybody. We will see
2: you guys soon. Good luck, everyone.